Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hey. Hi, all. And Tori. Hello, Internet. See how I used each of your energy to introduce the next person? Yeah. Uh, so we start every week with good <laughs> thing. So, Craig, what's your good thing? Uh, so I've been re-watching Monk, the show on Psych. Came out before. <laughs> Did I say Psych? <laughs> no, I meant USA. But... <laughs> well, yeah, Psych's a good thing. It's a prequel um, to Psych. It's a prequel to Psych. <laughs> I think there was some kind of... There it wasn't a national, but... They shared, like, commercial. Monk but, um, definitely exists within the Psych universe, because in the finale, they, they like, mention him not quite by right, name. exactly. Anyway, it's a, it's a really good detective show. So where Psych is more comedy with a light smattering of detective, uh, Monk is detectiveness with a light smattering of pretty good. Um, rewatching that, we're out up to, like, halfway through, so that's fun. Recommended if you guys have never checked it out. Um, it's right. on USA. It wasn't on Psych. <laughs> Characters, well, they did have like combo commercials. So they did, they did. I mean, it was two detective shows, but different. I I, I would say this is more in the vein of like the older detective shows, like Columbo or something, rather than Psych, which is more like off the walls. And that's a good show too, though. I think the way you put it is perfect. Psych is humor with a smattering of detective show, and Monk is detective show with a smattering of humor. All right, uh, Craig, we've got yeah, we've got a. uh, question in the chat that apparently you don't know the answer to. I'm going to ask it now because I've already started talking about it. Is it on Netflix or Hulu? And I don't know either. I own it, so I don't say. Alright, while Craig's looking that up, Dave, why don't you tell us about your good thing this week? Oh man, my good thing this week is so good, you guys. I went to a concert on Friday. I went to see Trace Bundy. He played at World Cafe Live in Philadelphia. And I've mentioned Trace Bundy before as a previous good thing. And I got an email update a few weeks ago. Uh, like, oh, Trace Bundy's going to be playing in Center City, Philadelphia. And I was like, oh, man, I got to go to this. I got to get off work. He's one of my absolute favorite guitarists. Really technically amazing. Acoustic. I got to go AFK for a minute. I'm sorry. So, yeah, Trace Bundy played at World Cafe Live in Philadelphia. And it was so great, you guys. I It's a really small venue. There were... Only maybe about 20 people there. Uh, there are other extenuating circumstances, which you might guess. But yeah, it's also a really small venue. I was sitting six feet from the guy. If you guys are in, a dis- in our Discord server, you can see a photo that I took from my seat of Trace Bundy playing from six feet away. Front row, center seat. It was just really cool. He was really, uh, he was actually really funny, too. I knew that he was an amazing guitar player, but he's just all around great performer. Love the yeah, show. If you ever get a chance to see Trace Bundy, and also I see you I, got to rub elbows with. Him. Yeah, <laughs> I sure did. And he's, I, I've heard that he's really amazing to watch, just seeing his finger play on the guitar live. And I hadn't actually gone and looked up anything of his on YouTube, any videos or anything like that, because I just I wanted it to be. I wanted my first time seeing it to be live. And I was six feet from the guy when he was there. It was really cool. Uh, if you want to check out something really cool that he did, he was on Sports Center one day. So just go to YouTube and you can search for Trace Bundy Sports Center. And he was basically their in-house musician for a day. And he did these really cool jams and incorporated the the Sports Center riff with it. It was awesome. He did a little bit of that at the show too. Based on the pictures you took, it looked like you were there by yourself. Uh. <laughs> There were about 20 people. Man, private show. Not- uh, so, Craig, you have some update on the thing you were looking at? Oh, not a happy update. Uh, you can't get Monk. Uh, you can do Amazon Prime, but I think you have to pay for it. It's just like easier to buy the set. Right. Uh, so, my good thing this week, I want to do it a little bit differently. I want to tell you guys some stuff about a movie, and I want you to guess whether or not I'm making it up or if it's actually a thing that happened in the movie. Charmers. Are you going to tell us what movie it is? After. Okay. Uh, all right. So there's a well, character made up. Next, Jake the Hulk tells us that you dream monk. 
on Amazon Prime. Cool. Uh, Alright, so there's a character who was trained to fight wrong as a joke. Jackie Chan. Made up like, or not. I told you the rules for this I'd game say, uh, three seconds ago. I, I think that's a legit plotline. Yeah, no, I want, I want an explanation. Like, ha no, we're gonna make him fight evil. Craig, I, I told you the rules no, already. He meant fight wrongly. As in fight. Yeah, that's in... what I was asking. I was asking for clarification of what you said. Yes, did you There's mean no fight clarification? Evil well, no, you said fight wrong, so Craig thought maybe you meant fight. Yeah, yeah that's how I when you said fight wrong. No, because people don't talk like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> They're from a different state. All right. At one point, our protagonist punches a hole through a dude's stomach. That guy shows up later with his stomach plug. Uh, attached to a rope that he swings around his head. What? <laughs> that sounds way too specific to, to be made up. Yeah, that's gotta be yeah, real. Yeah, it's gotta, gotta be. be real. You can't make this stuff up. Someone can. That's true. There is a kung fu master who sings a jaunty tune about Taco Bell and... What's the other one? Like, I think you're Let's just, just go with Taco Bell. Power. Yeah, is it the tongue, tongue guy? Is that gonna be the next question? Tongue guy. Made up true. or not, come on. It's all true. Real. It's there's, made up, but not by you. <laughs> there's an extensive fight scene. Like It's like four or five minutes long between our protagonist and a CGI cow. Hi! <laughs> True. You made, you made up half of it. It's actually a CGI steer. Sure, that's in the movie. Uh, at, our protagonist has a face on his tongue that at yep. one point he feeds noodles <laughs> to. I know that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen images of that, not the noodle fight. Yeah. All right, yeah, it was all true, and that's Kung Pao. Which so it's a I, good thing this week. That, that's my good thing this week, is Kung Pao. I uh, watched it again recently. I found it semi-legally streaming. I'm not 100% sure. I just sort of Googled and clicked a couple of things, and it was playing. So maybe it was legal, because I didn't feel like digging up my copy and playing it. What'd you say, Craig? Kung Pao entered the fifth. Yes. By the way, the very first image that pops up is the clip of the guy and the tongue. So it wasn't hard for Mike to find. You're welcome. No, it's the first <laughs> thing. People that aren't in our Discord server have no idea what's going on, unless they've seen the movie. All right, Tori, what's your good thing this week? My good thing, it was actually my good thing last week, but I was late for good thing last week. My good thing last week was Castlevania Season 3. Which oh, I, I watched like two episodes of it, and I just, I wasn't paying attention to it, and it, it deserves to have attention paid, so I need to go back and rewatch those. You do. You need to go rewatch them. It, uh, it actually ended on a bit of a down note, but, but oh man, I can't wait for Season 4. It was so good. I feel like only Season 1 has not ended on a down note. But you've only seen two season endings so far. Yeah, and and I've had Tori tell me that season three ends on a down note, so... It was still good, though. The fight scenes were awesome. Is there a guy with a whip? Yeah, there is. There is. And stuff blows up when he whips it with the consecrated whip. Yeah, in season two, he gets a newer, better whip. Does he whip chicken out of candles? Not that I recall. I was mm-hmm. actually looking for, for Walt turkey, but didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there was any wall turkey. But I'm in the middle of watching the whole thing again from episode one, so I'll let you know if I missed it the first time. Uh, Craig has an update on Kung Pao, which is that <laughs> it has a 13% critical rating on Rotten Tomatoes and a 69% audience rating, which, having seen the movie and being very familiar with it, that super duper tracks. I absolutely understand why those numbers are the way they are. <laughs> Mike loves dumb things. No, but everyone does. It's not just Mike. Clearly, the critics got it wrong. I We're feel like it's down, ready to watch a serious movie about martial arts, and it's like, nope. I I feel like this is a movie that really self selects its audience, though. Like, if you if you're not gonna enjoy it, you're gonna know that before you ever sit down to watch it. And and like film critics, you know have to watch stuff as their <laughs> job. So they watch a lot of stuff they don't like. And Jake, who has also seen the movie, doesn't disagree with either of those scores. So, yeah. Knowing the movie, it, it super tracks. I liked Kung Fu Hustle. Has anyone seen Kung Fu Hustle? I have seen that. Kung Fu Hustle is a is a legit masterpiece. Like, it's a comedy, and it's a little bit screwball, but it's also like just a brilliant movie. 
I remember enjoying it. I just, I don't really remember it. I remember when I went to see it, it was back in college, and it was me and Matt and our buddy Dave. We went to see it late at night, and we were the only people in the theater, like literally the only people in the theater. So we got to talk as loud as we wanted, and it was so fun. No, my other friend Dave, not you. That sounds like a pretty perfect viewing experience. Sounds it like going to a Chase Bungie concert with 20 people. I did that with crap. It's a Shakespeare movie. <laughs> Don't do that with it, it crap. That's, that's a poor viewing experience, Craig. <laughs> no, no, it had a Kevin Klein, but the same thing happened with Midsummer Night's me. Dream. No, I think what yeah, Craig is saying. Night's Dream. That is actually, I, I liked it a lot, but just me, my girlfriend at the time, and her friend. Like Craig means that her. he was able to crap in the theater because no one else was there. I think that's what he meant. <laughs> that's I love Shakespeare movies. Which I would be surprised if I'm going to use Shakespeare movies as my good thing for this week. There you go. I'm all caught up on the good things. Yeah. All right, Dave. Uh, you oh, read. Hold on, hold on. Okay. Hold on. Sorry. Hang on. Hang I have on. A holding on. I'm holding on. Because my wife really likes them when they have like good adaptations or modern versions of it, but we can't seem to find any good ones because they mostly suck. Oh my gosh! Where we are need, you like, listening? Ten things I hate about you type quality. Hey, that um, Alex Mack in it. You got them. Post them in good things or something. Okay, so she wants, like, the modern adaptations and not the traditional? No, no, she'll, she'll do classic ones as well. Okay. It's just, they gotta be good. That's the problem. There's no, there's not that many good Well, you guys are looking in the wrong place then, because I can name, like, ten of them off the top of my head. Then I want to hear them, and I'm going to pass along the list, and we'll see which one she has next. The Lion King. Library. Oh my gosh, this guy dropping the Lion King in here. It's Hamlet. It's based on Hamlet. Yes, very good. Ghostbusters is I also based on Hamlet. You're just saying that because there's a ghost in Hamlet, Dave. There is? What scene? The first one. <laughs> I'm just saying it because that's what Homer Simpson said. I just died a little. There's some ghosts <laughs> right here. Next you're going to tell me there's a, a clown skull in it, too. All right, Dave, let, let's talk about Brandon Sanderson's book, The Way of Kings, chapter Which, 16 Which, by the way, takes, now. as we established last week, takes place in the same universe as Hamlet. <laughs> we did establish <laughs> that last week. We did. Uh, I forget how, but we established. It's it's basically Hoyt. Basically Hoyt. Oh, right. Because Hoyt is, or maybe not Hoyt, but the uh, the wit is, which I, who I think is actually Hoyt, is, uh, is the clown from every Shakespeare play. Yeah. Alright, future Mike, this week we read The Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson, chapters 15, 16, and one more, I can't remember, no, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. We read chapters, hey, future Mike, we read chapters 16, 17, and what was the other one, 274? Yes, Man, that's Future Mike is going to be so cool. <laughs> Alright, 16, 17, and 18 of The Way of Kings. Future Mike will be fine because present Mike said it a couple of minutes ago. Okay. Chapter 16, Cocoon. Seven and a half years ago? That's almost a year. Can, can Cal become a light eyes and win a shard blade? Our little Cal is growing up. Tien finds a rock. Cal always cheers up when friends give him useless trinkets. Let's hunt some lurg. It's polite, stupid. Lurgs are like grasshopper slug. Oh, I get it. Laurel wants Cal to become a light eye so they can get married or something. Krem fell from the sky. There's some evil weather controlling device called the Origin of Storms, but everyone is too scared to confront the villain that operates it. Okay. Uh, worm, worm Dinglers just doesn't want to hurt Kale. Oh, Yost doesn't want to hurt Kale for reals. You gotta be, you go be what you are. Wistiao. We shall miss you. Wow, there's Wish a lot. You, we shall miss you. Wist you. We shall miss you. Hey, hey, Dave. What's the name that you call young Kaladin? Cal. No, th- there was a there was a term you came up with it. Kaladink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think of it. Do my reread. I'm like, what the heck did you call it? <laughs> Kaladin. Kaladin. All right, so we have another past the episode of Kaladin, and here he's hanging out with his brother Tien and his his uh, friend uh, Gal Cal, or Laryl for short. And Tien finds a rock. Tien likes doing rock stuff. Um, yep, 
that's sad every time he ends in the story because I'm pretty sure it's not going to end well for him. All right. And let's see. They're hunting these lurgs. They're like, they hop around like grasshoppers, but they leave first trails like slugs. Uh, Apparently they're amphibian. Yeah. So they're like frogs. So they're frogs. They're frogs. They're six-legged frogs. <laughs> this is what makes them grasshoppers. Yeah. All right. So Laryl is... You know, they're, they're going through that awkward phase where, like, they kind of like each other, but they don't know it yet. Or at least Cal doesn't know it yet, but Laryl's starting to figure it out. And Laryl, I think, wants Cal to be a soldier, go off to war, win a shard blade, and become a light eyes so that they can, like, get happily ever married or something. That's my, that'd be my guess. And then, uh, there's some older boys hanging out and they have the day off from, uh, deworming the crops. And Kaladin is, like, he, hang, he does all the surgeon training, so he kind of gets out of manual labor. Not that that's really what he wants, because everyone's kind of jealous of him. He doesn't have to do the worm dingling. And he's like, why aren't you guys worming? And they're like, I'm going to beat you up for calling my daddy a stupid. And so they, uh, this older boy, Yost, has a fight with a quarterstaff against Cal, and they toss Cal a quarterstaff. And it's just, it feels right to have a weapon in his hands. And Cal is yearning for that feeling. But, uh, old Mayor Wistio dies and just had a bunch of money to send Cal off to Carbrand to learn how to be a surgeon. And that's the end of Kaladin's dreams. He will never become a soldier. And that's the end of chapter 16. Also, I think Wistio is Laurel's dad or something, maybe. I don't know. Yes. Okay. I didn't note that connection except that Kaladin was like, Old Mayor Wistio is dead. What will happen to Laryl or something like that? And there you have it. Chapter 16. Any questions? Um, how cool are Lurgs? Eh, they're not as cool <laughs> as... They're not as cool as Sky Eels. As Axhound. But you can pour water on them and they come out of their their cocoon and then they jump around. And you can dump them in your dad's bathtub. <laughs> Alright, they're kind of cool. I, I thought of... It, they're not related to anyway, but I thought of those toys, you know, they're shaped like a little pill, and you put it in the bathtub, and it becomes a sponge that's shaped like, I don't know, a dinosaur <laughs> or a rocket ship, or you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, they come in the little capsules. I do know those, yes. Used to get them when I was, like, five. I have no idea Never why, because they're completely useless. Mine. Like, I, I don't know why my parents bothered. Yeah, I had better bathtub toys that were already dinosaurs that didn't have to be hatched, and were bigger in plastic. And also dinosaurs. Yeah. Oh, side note. So at the library, we have these toy dinosaurs in the kids section because sometimes parents come in to work on the computers or whatever and they just send the kids off to the kid books. And so we put toys over there. Anyway, so this little girl uh, came in with her mother and it was a, like a tiny child in a stroller, not walking yet, but she had a shirt with pink dinosaurs on it so i was like oh, it's a little girl who likes dinosaurs so i got out the dinosaur toys and i handed her one and i held one and we just spent like a good 10 minutes roaring at each other back and forth <laughs> rawr, rawr, to our mutual amusement it was so fun and the mother was like thank you for keeping her busy while she was printing some very important tax papers i felt like i was doing my job that day and you were like I wasn't trying to entertain the kid. I was just having fun. <laughs> I was entertaining my All in a day's work, citizen. <laughs> so, tell me about Chapter 17. Chapter 17 is entitled, Sunset, Bloody Sunset. And here it goes. Don't forget to buy several buttloads of tents and potions. Kaladin's money got unstormed. People are Discord. Speaking of which, people join our Discord. Bridge time. <laughs> Kaladin hates Sadius for some reason. Kaladin tries to save his Rip Gadol. Time had not dulled Kaladin to the... Alright, so chapter 17 opens up with Kaladin going to the uh, item shop, and he's stocking up on uh, potions and antidotes and tents and ethers and whatever he can get his hands on so that he can help his men survive the battle. It's like he was trained <laughs> to be a surgeon at one point, and he knows about this stuff. Yeah. All right. right. It's more expensive than he realized. Real quick. Why did didn't he buy anything? Did the apothecary try to sell him a roofie? Was, was that, like, a legit thing that happened in this book? Did I misread that somehow? No, I, I think I think that's how it was. Oh, that's, yeah. Okay. That's how I read it. Okay. Yeah, I love potions. Way, way to be creepy, apothecary. And I think it's really cute how Silfrena is like, oh, maybe you could use that love potion on Gaz so that he'll treat you better. <laughs> and Kaladin's just like, 
You don't really understand what this is for. <laughs> so, hold on, Gaz just posted in our Discord. Please don't do. That. Yeah, don't don't give Gaz a un- unless all you're trying to do is make sure he gets a good night's sleep and and there's nothing else bad happening. Even then, maybe don't do that. That's prescription. All right. So he buys a bunch of potions, and he goes to pay, and some well, of his money, the stormlight went out of some of his spheres. What he goes to, what he actually buys is a bunch of bandages. Yeah, not actual potions, but in, like, potions are to Final Fantasy what he's buying to this, but he can't afford any Phoenix Downs. No, he can't afford any antiseptic. In If we're translating, would be potions, basically. So not he can get tinctures, but not potions. Yeah. If you're playing FF6. Yeah, good, yeah, that's about right. If you're playing, if you're playing like Earthbound, all I can get are like the cookies that you get off of the crows. I can go for a cookie right now. Or maybe he can get potions, but not antidotes. Hmm, that's a good way to put it. Because he can, he can give them some hit points, but if they're infected to death, they can't do anything. So he doesn't have the antidote. Yeah. All right. Okay. So anyways, he's got these, he's paying with the spheres that he got, and apparently they had just been recharged with Stormlight, but they're, they're drabs. They, uh... Drabs? <laughs> they lost their breath? <laughs> in, a, in a sense, yeah. They lost their, um, endowment. And, yeah. So friend is like, oh, people are Discord. Forget why. Uh, okay, what's next? Time to, it's time for a brief wait, run. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> join our Discord, patreon.com slash CosmereCast. You can find the link to join our Discord from there. You do you not have to become a patron. To you should be a patron. Please be a patron. I but really need a new computer, and I cannot possibly afford that without help. Please, please, please be a patron and join our Discord. That's what Sophrena said in Chapter 7. But joining the Discord is free. And then you'll decide to be all in. And can. Alright, uh, there we go. Uh, bridge time. Uh, their shift just started, and as soon as their shift starts, time, the alarm sounds, it's time for a bridge run. And they get the honor of seeing a High Prince Sadeus, or Sadius, or Sadius, walk across the bridge. And, oops, Kaladin forgot to bow. He doesn't like cities for some reason. Uh, can't figure out why. Alright, so. At the very last uh, plateau they have to cross, the bridge leader, Kaladin here, has the privilege of standing in the safest spot in the back row. However, he switches with the tall redhead guy, and whose turn it was to stand up front. He's like, I'm the bridge leader. It's my privilege to stand on the front lines here. And he goes, and dudes get shot, and he tries to first aid a bunch of people, and he actually gets his crew to help him out with finding a knife, building a fire to sterilize the knife and cauterize wounds, uh, you know, pick up, uh, retrieve bodies of people that are still alive, and tries to save this one guy, Gadal, but he's unable to save him, and then another guy he does manage to save, and, you know, the official rules from higher up are to leave the wounded that cannot walk back themselves. However, Kaladin's like, Kaladin bribes Gaz and says, we're taking this guy with us, put us, put us, uh, put bridge four at the end so that the higher-ups don't see us carrying a wounded back with us. And they basically have to tie this guy to the top of the bridge and then, like, very quickly untie him and pull him off of the bridge after they sit it down so that the army doesn't trample over him. And that's the end of chapter 17. And his, Kaladin's father, uh, Leary, Leary Larry, said that Time would dull his sensitivity so that he wouldn't uh, he wouldn't feel the pain of losing a patient in time. But that's one thing his father taught him that wasn't true. Hear that? And he's also nineteen, so you know, take that with a grain of salt. That's true. He hasn't been alive as much time as his father had when he said that. He's still nineteen at this point. Is he twenty by now? I thought he was like twenty. I think we find out later that a birthday had passed, but I don't think that has happened yet. Because he's been he's been a slave for quite a while. So. Yeah, but time doesn't count when you're a slave. Oh, but this book's written from the perspective of Sylphrena, who doesn't understand the passage of time, just like Nightblood. Wait, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I know another character like that. It was just yesterday we read about him. Chapter eighteen. Chapter eighteen. High Prince of War. High Prince of War. 
Hi, Dr. Nick. No. Alright, uh, ATM. I hardly know him. If race is preservation, then that makes a lot of sense. So I'm just going to read the epigraph here of chapter 18. A.T., who was ruined in the Mistborn trilogy, A.T. was once a kind and generous man, and you saw what became of him. Raze, on the other hand, was among the most loathsome, crafty, and dangerous individuals I had ever met. And I would say that he carried those characteristics over to when he was preservation. If that um, is, that is not preservation. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Well, it perfectly describes preservation, anyway. No, it doesn't. <laughs> preservation is... <laughs> no, well, he's crafty. No, he's definitely crafty. Okay, maybe he is crafty. But he's not loathsome. Preservation's name is Laris, which is a, a, a thing that you know because we told you. Larasium. That's the, the bead that he had. That's what they used to make the railroad tracks out of. Yeah. Then the Inquisitor Spikes. When they made Ellen, they fed him a bead of Larasium. When they made Ellen. When they made Ellen a When they made Super Ellen. Super Ellen. Yeah. When they grew Ellen in a vat. <laughs> I love you, anyway, Golden Feeling Robot Arm. But you are correct. AT is speaking about that was holding the ruin guard. Okay. But I'll, I don't know who Race is. Not yet. Okay. Yeah. Good, good spot in that, because I was going to actually ask you if you recognize you. Okay. Alright, how about chapter 18? Saddle was cut, but maybe not on purpose. Nothing smells as bad as a tannery. And I want to point this out, because I always think about this. Do you guys remember that show, um, like back in the late 80s it started off? It was pretty big in the 90s. It was called Full House. Well, never heard of it. Isn't that a hand in poker? It was named yeah. after this show. But there's a there's a character in there's a character in Full House. His name is Danny Tanner, and he's obsessed with keeping everything clean and neat free. He has to disinfect everything, spray everything down, make sure everything smells nice. But Wait, I think it's Bruce, no. It's called Full House. It was look it up. It's prob- probably I know. Nine, upset, some never of it. I don't know. Check check around. Uh, but anyway, there's a character named Danny Tanner. And I, he's a, he's a neat freak that has to keep everything clean, disinfected, and all that. And I think it's hilarious that, and I, I think this is actually intentional that his last name is Tanner because uh, Tanner was one of the grossest, most foul-smelling professions. Like they literally worked leather with dog uh, if you if you were a Tanner, and so he was probably descended from like Tanner because back you know back then your last name something you would derive your name from your profession a lot of times. Uh, so maybe he, like, there is some kind of uh, thing that, like, got passed. I don't know. <laughs> this is the Full House Deep Dive podcast now. But anyway, I think it's just supposed to be a really clever irony that his last name is Tanner, which is a foul-smelling uh, odoriferous profession or something, I think. Shakespeare slash Brandon Sanderson calls it. And, yeah. I don't know if anybody else ever noticed that. Someone probably did. So, okay. Uh, Tanner, uh, Plateau 147. Dalinar has a giant Mrs. Dalinar-shaped hole in his heart. Renarin Chardon. Voronism is Faxanadu. If King Elokar dies, does that make Uncle Scar the king? Chapter title, uh, which again is High Prince of War. And Renarin can't see with rain on his glasses. Alright, so like most of these uh, Dalinar Adeline chapters, this is broken up into scenes where it goes back and forth between father and son. Starts off with Adeline on his uh, date, which with the girl, Yao, Ya something, something that starts with a J. Yanala. Yanala. I can't keep track of all his lady friends. Neither can he. Well, I can. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's like, this is his supposed date with Yanala and actually investigating the saddle and he's going uh, into to talk to Acolyte about uh, no, that's what you bring in his <laughs> and asks his father about his visions and stuff uh, and then you know the alarm goes off like oh plateau 147 we found a cocoon and but they they don't hear the the final trumpet sound which alerts them that uh, Dalinar's troops are going to go and try to collect the, the chrysalis and which is pretty typical, especially since this one was in the range of Sedeus, and they wouldn't have beaten him to it. Uh, so we go with Dalinar, and he's hanging out with Renarin, his other son, and he's like, I'm going to find a shard, 
full shard set, a shard plate and a shard plate from uh, who are the bad, not the bad guys, but who are the who are their enemies called? The Parshendi, the Parshendi. Yeah, so he's like, oh, I'm gonna find shard stuff off a of fallen Parshendi just so I can stick it in Sedeus's face. That my my uh, thought to be inept son it will have a full shard set and he will, and it's gonna make you strong like everybody else. Uh, I'm still not sure. Did we establish does Renarin is he epileptic or just prone to seizures or? Some other condition that I, I kind Ren- of. Renarin is described as having a blood sickness. A blood sickness. A blood Dalinar is the one who's having uh, fits. Okay. Well, he's yeah, he but fits when the storms come. And all right. So Voronism is basically Faxanadu. So you choose. I guess you choose your calling, and then you go out and you earn all these experience points, but you can't level up. And now that sounds in my head. <laughs> this is not enough spheres. <laughs> not enough gold. Uh, so you require more speed gas. Yeah. So you have to go out and get all of your experience points, but you don't actually get to the level up until you come home and talk to a priest. Uh, all right. So now finally, Dalinar is talking to the old king Elokar, and I'm just thinking. I think uh, Dalinar is the next uh, guy in line, isn't he? If King Elokar dies and he doesn't sire an heir, then well, Elokar does have kids. He does have kids. He has oh. a child, but the the it's like. He's like a baby or something. Yeah. But if they both die, then Dalinar will be king. Because I feel like I feel like Elikar's either got to wise up or he dies up. It sounds like you're trying to make a prediction. Maybe. All right. So Dalinar's like, oh, Elikin, it's been six years. Make me high prince of war. Well, he he wanted Elikar to pull back away from this uh, revenge pact where they're seeking out blood for his father's death. Father's assassination, and you know, Dalinar thinks that they should be staying at home and concentrating on being united as a kingdom instead of being the six, ten princedoms. And Elikar is like, um, I guess if you can convince the other high princes that they'll follow you, then I'll make you high prince of war. And so Dalinar is heading back, and there's a high storm coming. The uh, meteorologist kind of goofed, didn't see this one coming, and or the the storm warren, I think they're called. I think that's actually a real word, storm, like a real yeah, term, yeah. storm warren, storm warden, right? And so he gets, he doesn't want to have a, a fit in another high prince's camp, so he rushes back to get to his own camp, but he can't. And I think he does get back to his own camp, but he's unable to make it to his quarters, so. He has to pull over at a local barracks, and just as the uh, screen is fading out, he begins to have a fit, and he's not sure how his subjects will see him after the rumors of his fittiness have been proven true. And that's the end of this week's chapter. All right. Uh, I guess the most pressing question is, what do you think is up with Dalinar's fits? What's going on there? Probably a... Oh, he's, you know what? Maybe this is Hamlet. Maybe he's <laughs> he's being haunted by the assassinated king, just like in Hamlet. Yeah, that just sounds like a Dave theory. Or maybe there's some kind of well, because King Dead Guy didn't uh, Gavilar. Gavilar, thank you. King Gavilar didn't follow the codes until very very late in his life. Not that he was old, but you know, toward right before he got killed. Uh, so maybe there's actually some kind of outside being trying to press these issues on them, or, wait, what if, maybe, okay, so hear me out, what if the assassination job was actually in order to benefit the kingdom, and the intention wasn't actually, like, killing King Gavilar, but maybe somehow helping him to transcend to a level where he can help his kingdom better, and now he has to try to communicate through uh, Dalinar, how he unites the kingdom. And for some reason, he can't communicate with Elokar. Huh. That's a theory. All right. Next pressing question. What's up with that scrap, yo? Uh, my theory is actually that King Elokar cut it himself. All right. All right. Uh, what else did he Substantiate his paranoia or something. I don't know. Wait, maybe King Elokar actually has is like dissociative, and another one of his personalities cut the strap. Did I use the right term? Is dissociative? I right? think you actually did. 
Okay. Uh, if someone yells at us about it later, then we didn't use it wrong intentionally, and I'm sorry. Um, what else? What other what other questions do these oh. chapters bring up? I didn't realize they had glasses, uh, but Renarin is said to have be wearing spectacles, and it's raining, so I guess that's why he can't see it rain on his glasses. I hate when that happens yep. as a glasses wearer myself. Uh, I guess the big uh, world question right now is, what's up with Kaladin's spheres? Why is why is Stormlight seeping out of Kaladin's money? I mean, they gave you a, a reason for it. Gaz gave him old old spheres. You know, I guess he could have just been lying when he said that they were charged just last week or whatever. Or maybe he's actually able to draw power, draw the Stormlight from his spheres. I mean, he does. He is storm blessed after all. He's in the. That's silly. Why would we be following a character who develops powers? In a, in a novel with a magic system. That doesn't make any sense, Dave. Come on. Alright, back to the theory board. That's true, we did follow theory. Unless hair is power. It is um, power. Hey, can, what's... Can confirm. Where Where do you think uh, Adolin's dating thing is going? <laughs> <laughs> How's the lady of this week? Think it's, it's, is this uh, long-term? <laughs> nope. Marriage? Do I hear marriage? I hear marriage. I don't think so. Alright, I want you to make a guess right now. Who does Adolin end up with as the most eligible bachelor on Roshar? You can also pick no one. Uh, My money's on Kaladin. Kaladin and Adolin shipping here first. They probably didn't hear hear first all over the internet already. No way, dude. Kaladin's gonna end up with Sylphrena. Kaladin, already spoken. Or what about Galadin? Not Galadon, but Calgal. Girlfriend. Lyran Yeah. Laurel? Laurel? Right, Lyran is his Laurel. dad. That's a different thing. <laughs> he's already married. Yeah, so he's yeah. got like... Gaz definitely has not heard that here first. <laughs> I'm not allowed to look up fan art. <laughs> For more than one reason, I think, yeah. <laughs> Hey, hey, I have a question, and it's not for Dave, it's for all of us. Dave just gets to participate for once. Um, it's not, actually, it's not really a question, but a statement. So we learned from the epigraph that A.T. is described as a kind and generous man. And so I was thinking about this uh, a little bit, and I think that right there sort of means why, at the beginning, Ruin was willing to work with preservation to create the world and create people and everything. Because to start with, he's kind and generous, he's like, and, and he, he raises probably buddies with preservation, with Lyris, and they're like, we need to create a world, we need to create people, let's do it. But then he got to see what happened at Ruin uh, at the end. That's a question. But, uh, like I said, there's no question. I think you said that it was a question. I started with, I, I had a question. <laughs> Can you turn it back into a question so I have something to respond to? Okay. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Probably right. Yeah, that tracks from, from what I'm aware of. I don't have any other Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty well tapped out. Tori? I don't have any questions. All right, Dave, do you have any questions for us? What should I ask? <laughs> uh, you <laughs> should ask who Race tomorrow. is. We're not going to answer it, but you should be asking that. I know who Race is. He's the guy with white hair from Johnny Quest. That's Ooh. true, he is. Mm-hmm. Race that is though. correct. He's the professor's assistant. But it's well, spelled it's, it's yeah, because he's a world hopper, and everybody knows, just like Tenu, that your name gets spelled different when you world hop. All right, so we have the works of Shakespeare and Johnny Quest now <laughs> brought into the Cosmere. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Johnny Quest shares a universe with all of Hanna-Barbera. So, Fred Flintstone. That really depends on if, uh, gosh, what is the name of that show? Harvey, Harvey Birdman, Birdman Attorney <laughs> Law is, yeah, if, if that is canon or not. Was Fred Flint? I know uh, Race and Doctor Quest were on that show. Was Fred Flintstone on? Yes, he definitely was. We do know that Fred Flintstone and George Jetson share the same universe. Indeed, uh, I even read a theory some time ago that the Flintstones world is actually at the at like the sub cloud level of the Jetsons world at the same time. Wow! Because the Jetsons world that is all so like, much. You know, floating cities, and there's just this, you know, cloud cover, and you never see what's under it. So the time machine, the quote time machine from Jetsons Meet the Flintstones, probably actually is a teleporter. An elevator. (laughs) Interesting. I must read up on this theory. Well, like I said, it was years ago, so 
I'm not going to be able to find it for you, but I'm pretty sure Google is going to help you there. And, yeah, I think I think that's all we need from Dave this week. So, go away, Dave. Bye, Dave. Bye, Dave. And Dave's gone. Play the thing. Go. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. I don't actually think I really have any. I have something. Uh-huh. Well, first off, uh, next chapter is that we're going to get Dalinar's vision, the first one that yep. we see, but not the first one that he receives. Because if we got the first one that he received, because he wasn't paying enough attention during it, but we would be able to as readers, we'd get the mystery spoiled right away. Um, yeah, this is... Well, they eventually loop, right? Yeah, they all, they all loop. Well, eventually he just gets control of it and can just, you know, go go do whichever one whenever. And then Odium starts showing up in them, so he stops doing them. Right. Speaking of that's racist. Indeed. Uh, we're also going to get the name Bavadin here in probably a couple of chapters, which... She's mentioned in chapter 20. Which, yeah, um, that was that was semi-mysterious for a while. Chapter 23. Um, but yeah, we get, we get the first vision of, of Dalinar, and we get it from his perspective, so it's, it's pretty cool. Because from an outside perspective, he's just sort of sitting there and jerking around and saying stuff. Right. I, I feel like it was sort of unfair to ask Dave before he even got this vision, like, what the heck's going on. Because we really get to see a vision. That's, but that's... once you see the visions, you have, like, you know that there's actually something happening. Right. It's not just mysterious. He actually has a help to his father. Brother. And father, I guess. Well, yeah, his father's mentioned as having uh, episodes well, which could be the same thing, though, for all we know. He might have Maybe. actually also received vision. We're going to need a further back set of flashbacks than what we had in uh, Oathbringer for that. I think Gavilar started seeing some of these, which is what caused him to have a change. Because he, he was part of Sons of Honor, though. He I'm had his, pretty sure he founded own. the Sons of Honor. Yes. Based on these visions. Sure. Um, anyway, the main thing that I have is a theory that I can't explain well, so I would like you guys to ask me questions, and hopefully I can get it out in a way that is understood. Oh. So, my theory is that the Unmade are the corrupted spren of the nine honor blades that were left on Roshar. Okay, so so from what we know, Hi. everything has a spren. That is, that is told to us at some point in time. By Kaladin's mom. By Kaladin's mother, yeah. But and then also... Everything has a spren. Also confirmed to some extent by the trip to Shades Bar, and yeah, like they get they so get to actually meet the spread of of important things like the Oath Gates. I will say nine is a very interesting number because, like you said, there were nine blades that were put into the ground at the very uh, end of the um of the last desolation. Correct. The the um, last blade was Talonilin Towns. It was Towns' blade, and he still had it bonded to him. So right. that's that's off the table. But these nine what is, what, are are what available. Is, um, what is Town's order? Uh, he his powers are of the Stone Wards. Um, but what okay. he ends up actually being or doing later is no. I'm, I'm specifically talking about his um because we don't have access as he has it. So so what you're claiming is that the nine honor blades are left and their friend became corrupted and got released to the world. He corrupted either. Probably by Odium. Uh, they would have had to have been corrupted by Odium because the other thing that corrupts Spren is one of the unmade. Right. I was going to say the corrupt, the thing that corrupts Spren is one of the unmade. But the source of the unmade. I think, however, that the unmade are described as splinters of Odium. I mean, so I, I'm not sure if they would be related to Spren of the Honor Blades at all. I feel like they would have existed before. So... The sprint, the honor blade. So I, I feel like the unmade are older than the last desolation. Maybe it's. Ooh. I'm looking it up right now. See, see if we can get some information. Unfortunately, we don't have much. They are splinters of Odium, um, which I don't think necessarily discounts this because. Right, right. What if what if Odium made splinters and used those to corrupt them? Okay, during the desolations, the origin of the unmade is uncertain, but they're believed to have come into existence. Or the start of Song Roshan. Alright, well, if that's true, then my theory is shot all the crap. Um, but, but, they've been implied to have been once something else before being made in the unmade. So maybe. And I'm maybe not, I don't, I'm not I willing don't to discount 
your theory at all. I think there's something that might be there. I, I think it's worth looking at. Mostly I wanted to get this out officially on a podcast before uh, Rhythm of War comes out and we get more information that may so either make it easier to come to this conclusion or completely destroy it. That's right. We're going to have to start doing our own theory crafting because that puppy's coming out soon. We're going to, uh, and I keep thinking about each time a new book is dropped, we get so much more in. So, yeah, we're definitely going to be getting more information about the unmade and more. We have to. Oh, we have to. And I'm not sure how much longer they can put off fixing Urethiru. That I feel like that kind of has to happen in this book. Right. Yeah, so right now it looks like, according to the Copper Mine League, they haven't existed before, but there's a chance they were once something else before being turned into Unmade. So there is a small chance they're related to Sprint of the Honorable Sunlight. Because it, it, it's such a weird coincidence to see nine, and there's nine Unmade. There are nine orders of Radiance that also abandon their orders. Well, okay. So in as far as arc numbers go, we have ten, but what we actually have is ten minus one. So, like, almost any group can be split up into ten on in these books, and then almost any of those groups of ten can then be subdivided into nine that fit this description and then one outlier. So, so ten is the, the overall number for honor, and nine appears to be Odeon's number. Right. Like, each shard is associated with a number. That's just the way it works. Preservation, for example, was tied. To, seems like Ruin might have been tied to the number one, but... That Maybe. One, that, one's, that one's tough. And yeah, that one's unknown. They just seem to be such polar opposites that that's the correct option. Devotion and Dominion are probably devised well before any sort of arc number concept came into being, so we can't really do anything with them. Um, but And Endowment is five? What's that? Endowment is five? Yes, Endowment is very much five. The five scholars, five... Right, right. A bunch of stuff. So, Fifth Heightening. Okay, Odium is nine. Honor's 10, I don't know what Cultivation's number is. More specifically, Odium is... It might be 3 or 2. 9 or of Honor's 10. Because again, like, every... All of Honor's 10s, you can, like, you can break it up into 9 that fit this and then 1 that's weird. So, like, of the Orders of the Knights Radiant, there are 9 that disbanded and then there's 1 that stuck around. Um, of the Honor Blades, there are 9 that were abandoned and then there was 1 that he died, so he, so he was tortured for 4,500 years. Um, so that's that's really Odium's influence on the world because honor was was shattered. Of the of the like ten high princes, there are nine that are you know greedy jerks, and then there's Dalinar. And oh, we later isn't the one that Shalin works with. He's not that bad, but he's still kind of a greedy jerk. He's just not yeah. a, an yeah, outright he's, evil greedy jerk. He's, he's no Dalinar. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder what that means for us going because we're gonna have a bunch of these characters that are. Probably going to be Knights Radiant. Which one is going to be the outlier? Maybe that's why Honor's plan is to challenge ODM. Just need the one outlier, the Dalinar. Yeah, maybe. Um, as far as like future Knights Radiant go, um, we've got. I mean, we've got books that are supposed to be coming out of eight Knights Radiant, and then two. Um, like two of them are supposed to be focused on. Why can't I think of the word? You know, the, those people who the made tears? the Oath Pact. Oh. The heralds. The heralds. Thank you. Wow, that was that was a brain fart. Okay, yeah, the heralds. Um, two of them are supposed who, to be focused on the heralds who lead a Radiant. Right, but they aren't necessarily members of their own order. Um, like they they could, for instance, join a separate order. Like Town doesn't necessarily have to become a Stone Warden. Right, probably will because we don't gives him the powers of an order. Right. But, like, he probably will because we don't really have someone else that fits that order at the moment. Yeah. But and at it the seems same like we're time, getting one of every different Knights Radiant right now. That could be coincidence, but... For the moment. Um, although I, I would I would say that... Um, what's the other Herald that we're getting a book on? Um, isn't it one of the female ones? Yeah. I, Shalash? Shalash, thank you. I'm pretty sure her sword, like her honor blade, is for Shalon's order. The light, uh, light weavers. Yeah, but that again, like you just said, there's uh, bonded with a different sprint, and therefore right. And well, what she would in order to get all ten, she would have to be then. Um, good God, I can't words. The one that Teravangian has as his own personal night radiant. What order is that? The dust 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 bringer. Yeah, they burn stuff. That's from Fell Knight. Fell Knight said that. 
Phil Knight also said to laugh. Thank you, Phil Knight, for being so much better at this than I am. And by Phil Knight, I mean Gaz, because that's the name he's going by right now. Anyway, uh, yeah, like she would basically have to be that, because that's the only order that we really have open, unless she is another Lightweaver, and we just don't ever get a, a book centering on the Dustbringers. Yeah. And that becomes our 10 minus 1. Uh, I will yeah. point out, sorry, I'm, I'm looking something up. I'm trying to see. So, the, the sprint that Venley bonds to is a light sprint. thought it was and a star are, sprint. The, it's, it's described as, and they are the order of will shape. Yep. Which shares the, uh, the, the traveling power with, uh, Yasna order. Right. And then I forget what their other the thing is. the main character in the next book, or at least, uh, a Shoni, um, back. I can't talk either. Eshenai and Venli are, are supposed to be the, the focus character of the next book. And yeah. we'll likely start with Eshenai's backstory, back. and then, like, as the book goes on, probably get more focused on Venli, because that's who we care about going forward. Yeah. Although I'm a little sad, because I like this. Same, but she did. Yeah. I didn't believe it either until later on. Until we saw the body? Yes. Yes. Like, maybe something else weird happened. She had a sprint. Things could happen. Nope. Know? There's a corpse. There's yeah. there's a corpse right... Her dead body is right there. I, I, it's I super dead. It's yeah. rotting. It smells yeah. really bad. We're looking yeah. right at it. She's still wearing her yeah. shard plate, and it's all gross in there. So, go Don't collect that. And then Lee was dead, and she started bonding with sprint, and now she might be okay, but we'll have to see. That is a, that's a next book we'll, we'll find out. Yeah. Very exciting. Um, you guys think we're gonna get a uh, a, a novella between now and then? No. You don't think maybe we're gonna have a, a three point five? I think maybe between books four and five, we certainly will. But I don't think at this point he's gonna do a stealth novella. I was really hoping for. We a novella. can't predict the short fiction. It's true. It could just happen and be like, "Well, proves us wrong." But I feel like it's so late now with the book coming out this year. It's just we're gonna get the book. But so short fiction happen. can be, like, edited and fixed super quick, though. Yes, but I would not hold my breath. You can hope for a 3.5. I'm just looking forward to book four. All right, I'm going to continue hoping for a 3.5 until November when the fourth book actually comes out. He has stated that there will eventually be a novella. The girl talks to the island, you know. Wondersail. Breaks her legs and stuff. What? Wondersail. Yeah, Wondersail. Reason. Is it R-S-Y-N is how it's spelled. I don't remember how it's pronounced, so I'm going to defer to Tori here, because she's our expert. No, it'd be nice if one day be like, I'm going to a crisis. Oop. Uh, Gaz just corrected me. R-Y-S-N. I, I transposed the S and the Y. Thank you, Gaz. So, alright, I'm going to go ahead and call it here. I got a debate to watch. Yep. Alright. Okay. Good night, Internet. Bye. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.